This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. Go to freedom350.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number, 350.com, and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom350.com. Beck. I am Pat of Helena, son of Joseph. This is Stu of some other place. Terrytown. Terrytown. Son of Stephen. Son of Stephen. <laughs> you don't say that like, you know, like you're proud of your heritage and I'm your, very proud and of your my genealogy. Heritage. I just would like to... And from whence you come. I would like to maybe do a show. Mm-hmm. Rather than we are doing a show. This is how you begin the show by introducing yourself to your audience. That's how you do it. I don't think that's how you do it. No one does it that way. Since the medieval times, people don't do it that way. Does that mean it's not right? Because people have been doing it the wrong way for four hundred (laughs) years. Whatever. Uh, All right. Well, so is this bill dead that the Republicans are trying to push through when it comes to abortion? Any idea, Pat? Uh, probably. Probably. No, they're saying it's just delayed. Uh, the bill was uh, the first step to uh, try to ban abortion past 20 weeks. 20 weeks? Yeah. You've got, hardly got anything uh, 20 weeks. You don't Do you, know. It could still be uh, like a grouping of broccoli inside there. Right. You don't know. It, it could be the beginnings of a Volkswagen Beetle at mm. that point. You don't know. It it could be shoe leather. Not just the shoe, but just the leather from the the shoe. Yeah, if it's a shoe, then that's different. Uh, I mean, yes, there's mm -hmm. eyes formed and lungs and probably... Movement. Movement, kicking, heartbeat, there's brain. Uh, Yes, but, you know, I mean, you're way premature of being... You you can't do accounting at that point. (laughs) And if you can't do accounting... Then, if you can't do statistics or rudimentary physics problems, <laughs> you can abort. You can you abort. abort. Uh-huh. You can abort. Uh, I think that's a fair standard. I think it's fair, uh, right? Because uh, twenty weeks. Twenty weeks. What is twenty weeks? Now, I'm not. I'm not a doctor, obviously. But do you even know you're pregnant at twenty weeks? I, I don't even think you'd know. Yeah, I don't think you would. You'd probably just be like, ah, I'm a little. I'm just feeling a little bloated after that indigestion big meal. Mm-hmm. is what you'd think. It yeah, was. that's probably it. Yes, your belly's <laughs> out to about here, but you'd think it was indigestion. This is something, Pat, that obviously even pro-choice people can support. If, like, if you want to say, okay, uh, I believe women, a woman has the right to choose. Mm-hmm. That right ends at some point, right? Like, even if it's at birth. At some point, the right to choose to end something else's life life obviously Mm -hmm. ends. And it's like, okay, if it's not five months, you've got five months to decide. So maybe you don't find out you're pregnant for two months, 
then you've got three months to decide whether you're going to keep the baby. That's pretty freaking fair. Yeah. Um, now, the bill has, you know, the, and by the way, there is still the fancy, I think, life, health, rape, incest, all those exceptions are built into this as well. Um, one of the issues that supposedly is contentious, and I, I'd like to get your take on this, and Jeffy, I'd like to get yours too, but I don't want to get it because you'll say something awful. Um, but, like, in reality, mm-hmm. there's this one uh, part that I guess is contentious. And, and some women who are Republicans are saying, eh, let me, let's leave this part out. And this might be what they're going to do to bring it back to the floor. But it basically, there was a clause in there that said, um, if, if you are raped and you want to use this abortion thing, so you want to use the exception, okay, look, I, 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 I got raped, I decided to keep the baby for five months, and then I changed my mind after the fifth month of pregnancy, which, you know, look, that could happen. Um, if that happens, you have to have had gone to the police to report the rape at some point or gone to the doctor to report the rape or something. There had to be some record. You can't just at seven months say, oh, yeah, I was raped. Yeah. You, you, you know, like not that people constantly do that, but like that was the the one stipulation. And people are saying that's offensive because you shouldn't force a woman to report um, a rape. Now, I like I look, I luckily don't have to deal with that situation, thankfully. And I don't know people who have. So, you know, I, I haven't had to deal with that close to my life. Thank God. And hopefully never do. However, to stop a problem like uh, sexual assault, we have to have a legal system to take care of the people doing it. And if you're not reporting it, while I know it's incredibly difficult, it's kind of like mm-hmm. the better of the two horrible options. Because going there and, t- and, and reporting it, it might be extraordinarily difficult, and I'm sure it is. But it can't possibly be better for society to not report it than to get the guy off the street and report it. So I, is it hateful to, not, to, to, to ask women to report when they are assaulted? Is that a hateful thing to do? Uh, no. Of course not. Um, but these abortion supporters are radicals. They're, they're, I mean, they're literally, I think they're crazy. But this is coming not only nuts. from, <laughs> well, I mean, they're first nuts. of all, there's a lot of evidence to that point. Yeah. But this is coming not just from uh, abortion opponents. This is coming from mm-hmm. apparently people who want to vote for this bill and are worried that if they don't take that out, it's, uh, it's bad. I, I, I don't I, look. I'm not saying this is you've been put not by your own doing in an impossibly awful situation. If you've been assaulted like this, there's I mean, it's it's one of the worst things that can happen to anybody, obviously. But if you're in that situation, I mean, if you don't report it, then you are, you know, then it could happen to someone else and does happen to other people. Yeah. I mean, I and I'm not saying, look, if you want to say. Uh, okay, well, the woman, you know, if she wants to report it, she can report it. If she doesn't want to report it, she doesn't want to report it. Fine. But, and that's totally fine. But, like, it seems like you wouldn't want to discourage it. It seems like the Mm -hmm. actions seem to be discouraging you to go report this because, uh, you know, it's some sort of offensive action. When I think the ideal is that we encourage people to go to the police and make sure these, these awful, awful people that commit these crimes are off the streets so they can't do it to somebody else. Yeah. I mean, this thing should be a no-brainer. And, you know, a, uh, a poll from uh, Knights of Columbus Marist found that, on the whole of society, 84% of Americans favor restrictions, at least restrictions mm-hmm. on abortions. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously that's, you know, a lot of pro-life people in there. But also 
69% of those who call themselves pro-choice pro are okay with some restrictions on it. Like when you get to 20 weeks, seriously, there's you know a lot of development there. You've got yes. the heartbeat, you've got the kicking, and the baby is alive. Mm -hmm. There is life inside the womb at that point. It's undeniable. So um, on the moral front, too, this was observed with 60% of Americans claiming they believe the procedure is morally wrong to abort at that point. Uh, with 38% saying saying it's acceptable. I don't know how you get 38% of Americans say that's morally acceptable. To abort a baby at that point, how? I, I, I don't even understand that. In the end, Americans are also more likely to view abortion as doing more harm to women, 59%, than they claim it does them good, 22%. Ask someone who's had an abortion. Was it a good thing? Or was it a bad thing? Nikki you know, Minaj later, recently yeah. uh, came out and said uh, yeah. it haunts her every day of her life. And then she said yep. something like, but obviously it would be hypocritical for me to be pro-life, right. uh, pro-choice. Uh, um, no, actually, it's no. the opposite if of If you've seen the result of your actions and you think it's wrong, it would be mm -hmm. hypocritical to be pro-choice, Yeah, actually. Uh, it's not hypocritical to change your mind. It's hypocritical to know information, know that what you did before was wrong, and then be in support of it still. That's the hypocritical point. Now, if I'm not mistaken, back in May of 2013, during the very first season of Wonderful World of Stew, mm -hmm. it seems to me that you <laughs> dealt with this topic. Uh, we did. And it's, this is funny because, you know, look, obviously people uh, who come up to me and talk to me about the Wonderful World of Stew uh, generally like the Wonderful World of Stew. Mm -hmm. save, you know, save De Jeffy. Obviously, Jeffy comes up and bashes it all the time, obviously. even though he's on it. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but uh, they generally like it, and they, they'll say they like certain things about it. This particular monologue, I've had a ton of people come up and tell me. Again, this is not me. This is actual conversations I've had when we were at the museum. Two or three people, separate people, came up to me. And it's happened every time we've been out. Have told me this is the best single argument they've ever heard about abortion. Really? Now, I don't know if it raises nice. that level. And All I right. will say no one else has ever told me any other segment of the two-year program that I've been running has been the best of anything ever. But this particular, yeah, no, well, and you've told me many times the worst uh, ever. So I'm not, this is not bragging. This has not happened a lot. This is why mm -hmm. I, I think this was notable for whatever reason. Uh, so we figured we'd show it to you today as the abortion is really in the news today. This is from uh, 2013, uh, a little monologue about abortion. Welcome to the wonderful world of Stu. Carnival season is upon us. That means cotton candy, creepy carnies, and of course, the Ferris wheel. Check this out. It's my favorite Ferris wheel of all time. The people climb up the ladder. They wait for the right time. They grab on to the thing, and they, their body weight brings it around. It's a human-powered Ferris wheel. Greatest Ferris wheel ever, which is not saying much because Ferris wheels suck. But still, if I may make a quick comparison here, the human Ferris wheel is quite similar to the abortion argument. Of course, you were all thinking that, I'm sure. But, see, you kind of you expend a lot of energy, and you never really seem to get anywhere. You just kind of go around and around in circles. Warrior for women's rights, Sandra Fluke, helps muck up the conversation by tweeting this. Remember why women turn to Gosnell? Barriers to access, affordability, harassment, etc. Hashtag safe and legal. And she tweeted it with this image from NARAL. That's true. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah that's, that's true. I guess the right has restricted the opportunities of doctors to murder infants after birth. Damn them! It's time to get a little antisocial on the social media. Polls show that this is slightly a pro-life country. The latest poll comes from Gallup and it shows that 48% of people say they're pro-life, 45% say they're pro-choice. However, people don't seem to realize 
that's the case. When asked what they think most Americans believe, only 35% say they think the country is pro-life, 51% pro-choice. That's a 19-point swing between perception and reality. What accounts for that difference? Well, partially, it's the media. They give credence to ridiculous arguments like the war on women. And people assume the average person thinks contraception should be handed out to kids on Halloween. The truth is, people con themselves into thinking they're pro-choice. It's easier. The logic goes like this. I think abortion's wrong, but it's the choice of the mom. In the first trimester, people sure do heart abortion. 61% to 31%. However, they completely turn on it when month four hits. Americans think abortion should be illegal in the second trimester by a margin of 37 points. Strange, huh? You truly believe that it's a choice. Then what if the mom wants to make a choice of a late, 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 late term abortion? In the last three months of pregnancy, the American people reject abortion by a slim, slim margin of 80 to 14. But why? If people were pro-choice, they would be leaving that choice to the mom, right? In reality, only this 14% can truly be considered pro-choice. And if you're pro-life and you still feel like you're in the minority, remember this. By a 13-point margin, 55 to 42, the American people want abortion to be more restricted than it is today. They want the laws to move in the pro-life direction. They want it to be limited to early abortions, restricted circumstances, uh, consenting adults. But while that's good news, it makes no freaking sense. Unlike the human Ferris wheel. <laughs> I mean, am I right? This is awesome. I'm not the only one who enjoys watching this. I could honestly sit here for like hours and have just watching it over and over again. So how do we talk about abortion in America? Start with asking your friendly neighborhood abortion supporter, is it okay to abort a baby after birth? Hopefully, you get a no there. If not, call state authorities. So if they're against aborting after birth when the baby looks like this, ask them how they feel about abortion one minute before birth when the baby looks like this. Big difference there, huh? Of course, Everyone says no to that, too, because any other answer makes you psychotic. It's completely psychotic to say one minute it's a fetus with no rights that you can kill legally, and the next minute it's a living person that killing will win you a murder charge. Remember that, please. Ask then, what about in the last three months of pregnancy, when it looks like this? Or the middle three months of pregnancy, when looks like this. What about the first three months of pregnancy when it looks like this? At some point, an abortion supporter says, yeah, it's okay to abort that kid. That one, it's okay. Most likely around three months. Now it's your job to get specific. So at four months, it's not okay. So is it okay at three months, 30 days, 23 hours, and 59 minutes? Eventually, you're going to get to the point where they are saying that one minute it's a fetus with no rights that you can kill legally, and the next minute it's a living person that killing will win you a murder charge. In other words, they will be calling themselves psychotic by a definition they already agreed to. Keep pushing. So a baby conceived in January becomes a baby after 89 days, but a baby conceived in March becomes a baby in 92 days? Why? Because we decided to make February a shorter month? 
What if you're unlucky enough to be conceived in a leap year? Then you're not a baby until 90 days. Does any of this make freaking sense? People on the right hammer groups like NARAL. They're pro-choice. Remember, abortion should be safe, legal, and rare. Look at that NARAL graphic again. Uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, keep abortion safe and legal. Screw rare. Despite their name being one letter away from natal, NARAL loves abortion. And they deserve respect, because at least they're honest about it. They pretty much argue you can abort Macaulay Culkin today. And they have balls. They stand up and they own it. People in the middle are the ones that are screwed up. Seriously, Kermit Gosnell faced the death penalty for killing babies at just over 24 weeks. If he was a day earlier, and he cleaned up a little bit around the office, he'd be a respected doctor. One minute at 24 weeks was the difference between a mansion and a prison. An Armani suit or an orange jumpsuit. One minute was the difference between a trophy wife and an unwanted boyfriend. How you doing? That America is freaking psychotic. And there's no other way to look at it. Indeed. Yeah. Some compelling arguments there. Yeah, well, it's always good you know? to end, end a good, serious argument about abortion by juggling babies. I've always <laughs> found that to be... I've always found that to be the case. Effective. Yeah. Triple eight seven two seven back. You know, the abortion thing, and it's back in the news today because the Republicans are trying to get a bill, a radical bill passed where after 20 weeks, you may not be able to, to perform an abortion. 20 so sad. weeks, as you mentioned, that's approximately five months of pregnancy. I mean, you know, you've got a baby at that point. You do. Yeah. You know what I love about Texas is, I mean, one of the many things, but they, they got a law passed here, and liberals hate this more than poison. They'd rather drink bowls yes, of poison do. than have this law in Texas, and that's that. Uh, you have to you have to look at a at an ultrasound before you have your abortion, and then after you see the, the ultrasound, if you want to go through with it, you can. Okay, so they're not forcing you not to have an abortion. They're not beating you with sticks. They're not kicking you in the head. They're having you look at your baby to see what you're doing because. You know, yeah, to consider it a little bit. Don't just make a flip decision right. because everyone's told you your whole a life lot of, it's legal. Think about it for a second. So many people don't understand yeah. that they don't have a Buick growing inside of them. Yeah, a lot of people. I know a lot of people think it's an Aston Martin, and they really want to keep it, and they see it's only a Buick, and then right. they want to abort it. Yeah. Um, but seriously, when you think, when you when you've been told your whole <laughs> life it's tissue, yeah, what are you supposed to do? And then when you see otherwise, when you see an actual child growing inside of you. Uh, last statistic, statistic I heard was something like 93% of women don't go through with it. Wow. That's a lot. It's, I, it's in the 90s. I would imagine it is high. It's amazing. Um, you know, it's one of those things where th there are two sides of, of every argument, and sometimes they're not equal. For example, mm -hmm. uh, should we have the Holocaust or not? Uh, you don't want to pick a midpoint between those two positions uh, because then you've got half a Holocaust, and that's not a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, however, uh, 
let's take these two positions for a moment and act like they're equal. They're not. The, the one that keeps think people alive is the better one. Okay, it's the right one, and that's the only thing that you should rationally support. Uh, is keeping people alive instead of ending people's lives. But let's just say for a second, because it's such a contentious issue, these two things are equal. Some people want there to be a choice for a woman to make. Other people say, look, if it's a baby, you can't do it. I, there is a, again, this is not more a moral midpoint that I'm comfortable with, but a rational, um, uh, a rational point politically in between these two positions could be uh, abortion is legal only with the morning after pill, right? You have unprotected sex. You, uh, you, you made a mistake. You've got three days or so before you even know if you're officially pregnant to take a pill, and it ends it. It's kind of like the, the, uh, how everyone uh, in, a, in a firing squad fires and no one knows who really has the bullet. You mm -hmm. don't even know if you're really doing it or not. It, I'm not saying that's a good moral position, but like in a rational society, yeah, you could see something like that being a midpoint politically between these sure. two viewpoints. Because at least the, the risk of killing someone, and maybe it's, it's less, you probably would take the morning after pill and not be pregnant many times. Uh, and, and, you know, so you could at least think about that. What we're doing now is we're saying at five months, when studies show that babies can uh, feel pain, mm -hmm. uh, we're up to almost the point that they are... Uh, viable outside of the womb, and we can still do this. Oh, there's no almost. You can definitely have a uh, viable baby at yeah. 20 months. At 20, month, 20, 20 weeks. weeks. 20 weeks. So there you 20 go. Weeks. 20 months, like, you've definitely got a viable. 20 months is how long Jeffy was in there. And, uh, uh, 20 weeks. Uh, part of the reason why he, he was uh, so over 83 pounds. He was overcooked. He was 83 pounds. <laughs> uh, 888-727-BECK. You know, it, it's a, a really good working position for... for um, for a moral stand on this is that, you know, even if you're pro-choice, okay, you made the choice when you did the conception. Right. That was your choice. Mm -hmm. your, your right to choose comes in and don't have the sex, unprotected sex. Okay? That's your right to choose right there. You chose not to have a baby. Good. Okay? You didn't start the baby form, so you don't have to kill anyone. That's when you make the choice. Now, if that choice is taken from you, that's where the moral dilemma comes in. Very different. You know, mm -hmm. when rape happens... Your choice was taken from you. And then that's, that's where it gets really murky and, and I, I, hard. My, my favoriteest thing as far, when it comes to this particular topic is to just shut up about it. Because it's <laughs> yep. such a low percentage of the, the situation you you're talking about. And it's like, well, you know what? You can agree or disagree on that particular point. It does not change. That changes the focus away from the actual thing. It's like when we talked about the minimum wage yesterday. Mm -hmm. They talk about the minimum wage. Well, how can you support an entire family and working full time uh, on minimum wage? Well, I don't know. It's probably pretty difficult. I will give you that. However, it's about 0.2% of the workforce that does that. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about 0.2% of the workforce, it's not really relevant uh, to the conversation. Is there something that could theoretically be done in those particular situations? Yes, but not what you're talking about. You're talking about affecting millions of businesses. You're talking about uh, something completely different, and you want this giant universal program to accomplish it. What we're talking about is a very small percentage, and it, it's the same thing here. It is. Obviously, like, you know, it, it makes it an impossible. Look at the guy from Indiana. Um, uh, what was his name? I can't even remember. He was, this, he was running for senator. He was the Secretary of State of Indiana, I think. And he was running for senator, and he said some comment about rape right after Todd oh. Aiken, and it blew up. I can't think of, uh, yeah, I can't think of his name either, off the top of my head. But it's like he, you know, you throw out one comment where you're trying to uh, you try to formulate this issue, and it allows 
the left and progressives. It's like you can't get pregnant if you're raped? Was no, that, that was Aiken. Oh, that was that Aiken. That was Aiken. And oh, so okay. Aiken's one was pretty, and most people would agree, Aiken went pretty far on that one. Yeah. But the other guys, I can't remember what it was even, but it wasn't nearly as, it was something about like, you know, sometimes uh, these things happen and, and God finds a way to make them a positive or something like that. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. I mean, he's just trying to, look, it's not, is that you don't want to talk about it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he's trying to find some silver lining to a very dark rain cloud, I guess. Uh, but uh, the point, though, being you start talking about this and it's very difficult to find anything. And it's like it's, it allows progressives to take the debate to an area that is almost zero percent of the cases we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And this is what they do. It's 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 every it's, time it's, it's dumb to allow every it to time. even occur. Uh, let's go to Christine in Idaho. Hi, Christine. You're on the Patents Do Show. Hi. Hi. Stu, I want to thank you so much. I was one of those insane conservative people who thought, well, you know, I'm totally against abortion, but I can't ever force that on anybody else. I can't ever, mm-hmm. you know, plan that anybody else can't ever do it. And so mm-hmm. I'll just go pro-choice. But that just totally opened my eyes because if if it's Ill, if it's illegal at nine months, why isn't it illegal at nine weeks? Right. Yeah. And, and if you're against murder, just, you're against murder for everybody, not just for you, right? If you, you know, uh, you know, if I'm against murder, why why would I, you know, encourage other women to go ahead and and, and kill? Yes. So I just wanted to thank you for that, and I wanted to know if you have it on YouTube. Uh, I'd like to just share that clip with everybody and let them see it as well. Yeah, yeah you know what? I'll, I'll definitely get it on uh, Facebook. Thanks, uh, today. Christine. That's great. Uh, that's awesome. She, that's great. I mean, can you do that? You put I can it up do on, that. I, I'm, right. le- I'm learning Facebook. You have the technology? Uh, yeah, I think I can do it. Right. Uh, but I, that's awesome. You know? can make it better than it was. Well, she, I, that was stronger. Like, faster. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yes. That's cool. I mean, I, you know, that look, is cool because I, I think it's just because people just haven't thought it through. It's, enough, a, it's such sometimes. a contentious issue, and that's why. Like, I remember, I can't remember what host it was. Uh, it was one of the bigger national hosts that had just banned the topic completely. I don't remember who it was. Do you remember? No, it was uh, Dave Davis. I think Dave Davis. Dave Davis. In Berg. In Berg. Yes. Uh, right. He had. I, I can't remember who it was, but it was or it might have been John Johnson back I'm in the not, '90s sure. or something who had just banned the topic. We can't ever talk about abortion because you're never going to get anywhere. Seriously, almost everybody banned the topic. Yeah, and it's like, well. Because it's so contentious, and it's like everyone's in there, is stuck in it. But I really think that mm-hmm. sensible people can think about it. And I'm so glad that she called up and, and, yeah. And, yeah. and said that, because it's, it's like, nice. you know, you really, if you think about it, there actually is a pretty, it's a, pre, it's a pretty basic, rational thing. It's why I say, uh, by far, the best piece of political spin in history is the term pro-choice. No question. It's amazing how they could no make question. this be... No, you're not pro-choice, uh, you're pro-death. Right, well, yeah, yeah, then that's, and, and you tried to, they tried to come back and say pro-life, but it's like, be, making this about the woman's choice, it's, 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 it's not what it's about. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about the life that, that is there. And if you, if you want to make the decision that you do not believe it's life, that's a different choice. You're making a different decision, and you can go and, and you can try to rationally argue that, but you can't rationally argue it uh, and say that, well, you know, well, then in eight months it's not okay. That's why I actually do give credit to people like Sandra Fluke, who come out and just say, look, yeah, kill the thing anytime. Anytime you got a whim, right. kill that thing. Yeah. Because at least that's, you're saying it's not, if you, if you rationalize it is a person and you want it, that's the weird position. It's not the weird position to say, well, it's mm-hmm. not a person. I mean, it still doesn't make sense to me, but at least it, it's consistent with your actions. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents do coming up. And it was Richard Murdoch.
Bishop Murdoch, yeah. yeah. And Life conceived by rape, something that God intended to happen. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Big trouble. Uh, uh, Lord, that's probably who it was, yeah. Triple H, I'm Jusim Beckett's Pat and Stu, and welcome to it. Before we get to an uh, actual topic here, let me tell you um, uh, a scam I pull with Sherry's Berries. This is not a paid commercial, by the way, uh, but Sherry's Berries is a sponsor that comes on here and there. And mm -hmm. one of the great scams about Sherry's Berries is you send them to someone you know, right? Send them, to, you know, Je let's say Jeffy did something of that was of value. Okay, mm -hmm. I mean, I know it's, I'm, it's out of the realm your of disbelief. So. I got it. Yeah. So Jeffy does something of value, and I send him Sherry's Berries. Uh, for congratulations. What that does is it alerts Jeffy that Sherry's Berries exist. He might not have known. Mm -hmm. um, and then next time he has to send something out to me, he thinks, oh, those Sherry's Berries were good. I'll send those to Stu. And then I get them too. Mm -hmm. This is great. But Sherry's Berries actually sent uh, some of these. And again, not a paid commercial, but look, I want to show you these. And I mean, first of all, their berries are incredible. They're yeah. chocolate covered and all that. But these are they the also pops. now do these cake pops. Look at that. Holy crap. This is a red velvet cake pop they sent over. Oh. It is. Is I, that white chocolate around it? It's, it's white chocolate around red mm -hmm. velvet. If mm -hmm. I ate nothing else for my, the rest of my life, I'd be completely fine with it. Completely fine with it. It's so yeah. moist, and there's something to do. I don't so know what moist. it is, but when you put cake mm. in these cake in this cake ball form, the yeah. cake is so much better than cake in a slice. It like, is. This is so much more moist. It becomes almost pudding-like for oh, some reason. Yeah. It's kind of oh, cake man. pudding. It's delicious. So oh, honestly, we're, so we're, I don't know that we can continue to work because yeah. there's cake pops around. Can we right. just show you some Al Sharpton <laughs> footage or something? Ah, uh, sure. What the heck? Well, first of all, let's go to Bill because let's finish off our abortion talk. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> abortion we're gonna finish talk. off abortion talk. Yeah, we're going to finish off abortion talk today with uh, abortion and cake balls in the yeah, same break. Yeah. That's the Pat and Stu show. Uh, here's Bill in Arkansas. Nice. Hey, Bill, you're on the Pat and Stu show. New slogan for the show. Well, well, welcome aboard, right? <laughs> right. Hey, I watch your show all the time. It's a good show. I really appreciate uh, it being on television. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, what I wanted to talk about was the abortion issue, which uh, to me, I never found abortion to be acceptable. Mm-hmm. So uh, even if rape and everything else happened, I just believe just have a baby. You can mm -hmm. adopt it out if you want to. But that's my personal belief. Right. But a father never really gets a say. Um, mm -hmm. She gets to get an abortion, and the father never gets notified and never gets to even make a choice about it. It's just for her to do as she wants to do. So a father probably should get a say-so, unless she tells them that she doesn't know who the dad is, but... Yeah, it's just off to go. Second, they would. They would say. I have five children, and uh, I have five children, mm -hmm. and uh, I had a vasectomy years ago. Now, when I got a vasectomy, everyone goes, "What does that have to do with abortion?" When I got a vasectomy in the military, my uh -huh. wife had to sign a form. She had to know that I was getting a vasectomy. Really? Oh, is that true? But wow. she could have went if she wanted to and terminate a pregnancy at any time, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. I have a son that has three different children with three women. Currently living with uh, his wife, with one son who's sick with cancer, and the mm. first two children, one kid he cannot see at all, mm -hmm. uh, just can't. The only thing he has to do is pay child support or go to jail. The mm. second one had to adopt out, and that was just the reason he had. So mm -hmm. you, 
when you can't do anything with children, you can't do anything. A father has no rights with anything. So no, it's true. I mean, obviously, not being uh, with abortion, I believe that a father should have input. Yes, I, you know, I, I, I think, think so too. I think I think notification is fair. Thanks, I mean, Bill. Uh, you know, Appreciate obviously the, the guys have a have an easier job in this well, particular task, and they uh, would say, "Well, no, it's their body. It's not the father's body. If the father can't decide. That's a woman's. But it's her body. It's her body. She gets to choose what's doing, what to do with her body. Because again, the baby is not a consideration here." To abortion activists, yeah. the baby is zero considerate. It has to be that way. It has to be that way. So that's why they present it as a woman's right to choose, because it's only her choice. It's all about her. It has nothing to do with anybody else's life, and that includes the baby, and it includes the father. So until we get past that in our society and realize that there's other lives here, there's other considerations here. It's always going to be that way. And, of course, you know, uh, the Sandra Flukes of the world would say, hey, uh, no, you actually just hate women. You're awful people, the war on women, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so but, but ask yourself this question. Seriously, honestly, ponder this as a conservative, mm -hmm. a person who's pro-life. If God came down from the heavens and said, hey, Pat, mm -hmm. you're a great guy. I love you. You're, you know, you've done a lot of good work. I've got to tell you that one little thing you screwed up on, abortion, it actually is just tissue. No, it's not a baby. It's nothing in life. I appreciate you trying to fight for life this whole time, but I got to tell you, you're wrong on this one. It's just tissue. I'd be okay with airing on that side. No, let's just say, let's just say he comes down. Yeah. And, but he says, oh, okay. he says that to you. You're right. You'd right. be okay airing. I'd be okay but airing on this side of the argument. Would you not at that point, cause if you believed it was God and everything, yeah. wouldn't you change your position? Would yes. you say, screw it, abort the hell out of everybody? If God told me, probably yes. not the hell in front of God, but he would probably say, you know what? Go ahead. If, it, if God tells yeah. me it's just tissue, if, if somehow we discover yeah. it actually isn't life some ma magical moral way, then we would all be fine with the abortion. Are you, do you have any problem with a woman removing tissue in a surgery? Uh, no. No, you do not. No, no, do not. no person I've ever talked to who is pro-life gives a crap about thwarting the rights of a woman. You're worried about the rights of the baby. Yes, And exactly. the baby does not get exactly. considered in this process, and that's really the fault. Yeah. That's our own fault in this, in this entire debate. If, on the other hand, God comes down to an abortion act activist and says, and says to that abortion activist, oh, by the way, um, you've been killing my people for... 40 years now, and I don't appreciate it. How do you think they're going to feel? I mean, they don't even consider that aspect. Yeah. Of well, it. yeah, they well, they would say, even care. well, I don't believe, I don't believe in you, sir. Uh, <laughs> yes. But yeah. let's just say, let's just say, to, to make it realistic, Neil deGrasse Tyson comes down from the heavens, uh -huh. and he says, hey, guys, uh, I got news for you. This, this, this one you're wrong on. You're totally right on all the cosmos stuff and evolution and everything. We're all on the same board. But let me tell you this. It actually is life, and you're killing a lot of people. Like in theory, yeah, whatever like moral authority, million? whatever moral authority would inspire an abortion activist to realize it is life, you'd think in theory yeah. they would say, "Oh yeah, crap. Well, let's change our policy on this." Yeah. It's just a matter of like when do you think if you, when do you think it is life? And again, I don't think you can answer that question because there's always that minute, there's always that second in which you're trying to convince yourself one second it isn't life and one second it is, and that's just crazy. That's why at conception, that's it, that's the, boom. That's when you know it's, it's life. Yeah, it's life. Uh, all right, MSNBC and uh, Al Sharpton had kind of an ironic little segment last night. They uh, took a shot at Ted Cruz because of his little... And, and this was such an innocuous little thing. He started over on a taped response to the State of the Union address. I mean, he was like, uh, so what I think tonight is... Can we start over? 
it's not even embarrassing. It's right. not even a bad guffaw. It's, uh, but they made fun of him. Here's uh, Al Sharpton last night. Douche Hall of Fame. It's time for Reverend Al's Prompter Tips. <laughs> Senator Ted Cruz. Senator gave his Ted own Cruz. State of the Union response last night, and it didn't go so well. We all know I've had my share of prompter issues. Yeah, we do. Right, Keenan? Republicans are mad because the Tea Party has been targeted by the herds. I'm sorry, what? Excuse me. The IRS. That's enough of that. So, Senator Cruz, let me herds. offer some help. <laughs> some teleprompter tips. Tip number one. Take it in stride. Mistakes happen, but it's always better to just keep going. And we all know you like to read. It might not be green eggs and ham, but for number two, always have a hard copy of your script in hand. And I'm on live, but you taped your speech. Last night, you taped it. So here's tip number three, and it's a basic one. Make sure you upload the right clip That's to YouTube. We got you. <laughs> you know Wait, that. let me start over. That's a good we tip. got you again. Um, we got you. I mean, we get it. The wait, we the tele, the prop, the the telephone thing that has the words on it. I sometimes miss under read them. I misunder read them sometimes. You misunderread. I misunderread them, and here's some examples of when I. Personally, I've misunderstood the the thing on the screen. Right. Here's but some of those. Some of must. those examples. We must. They're all jitty about a <laughs> shutdown. The tortoise in the race. Then co-author of Who Briefs. You two lead singer Bono. Fran Drescher. Siganoi Weaver. Siganori. Suspect. Yeah. Jahar Sanaev. Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh. The show Rush Limbaugh hosts Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor. Is Mike, is Mike uh, Muckery yesterday Antonini, Antonini Scalia. Kim Kardashian so and the Republican candidates. Both Cairo and Benghazi. We rank behind Latvia, uh, Lavita. First out, <laughs> Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan to college students in Beijing. He's getting lunch at Chipotle in, in Iowa. Spain is appropriate. The GOP's tax day giveaway to millionaires. Why was traffic problems email sent? Environmental <laughs> projection agency <laughs> and what se sequestration has done.
That's a great question. Uh, uh, <laughs> I forget what I said a minute ago. Especially how you asked it. I thought but it was why was traffic problems email? It's so serious. Oh, my oh, God. It was so serious. I mean, so pissed. I, I, we should take a moment to uh, mourn mm. the lives uh, and the careers of poor MSNBC NBC producers who are sitting there doing the show. And in, in, in reality, in their context, it's actually a, not a bad idea. You're being a little self-deprecating. You're coming out. You're doing a story about Ted Cruz, which isn't really a story. But, you know, you're, you're going to cover everything Ted Cruz says if you're MSNBC. You do it in a way that's supposedly self-deprecating. And then he has that delivery with it. It's unreal. Which is just awful unreal. and actually makes him look worse than Ted Cruz ever could during a speech. I, I, I mourn for the careers of the producers. It's sad. <laughs> that just sucks. Because nice I should be to warn. I will say this. Nice. I, we've had this before, nice Pat. You. you write something up. You're really proud of it. We're doing this thing, and then Glenn just doesn't even bother reading it and just botches it. Mm -hmm. You're just like, oh, that sucks. I thought that was going to be good. Uh, I don't know how they would think it was going to be good, uh, but uh, I, I feel bad. Yeah, they got to be past that now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah way past that. Why, in all seriousness, to bl put blame mm -hmm. on them, why attempt that? He cannot right. pull that off. No. Have him up there and just accuse people of rape for the show. That's what he does. Just let him do that. Let him do his thing. Exactly. Accuse the people of rape. Accuse exactly. the people of murder. Probably him. And then just move on. It was probably him. He probably came in. Somebody said, you see Ted Cruz's video? Or better yet, just go out to Chipotle <laughs> and have something, something to eat and drink. Have something to eat at Chipotle. Uh. All right. We'll be back on... Pete and Stu... Uh, Pete and Stu... Pete and Stu... Pete and Stu show. Stin... Uh, st Pete and... Stin... Uh, stump... Stay... Pete and Stump. Stump... Um. Seven two seven Beck. Hey, I like the uh, new GOP bill. Do you? Oh my God! That uh, calls for border security by uh, removing border fences. <laughs> That's a good idea. You know, it's uh, it's like saying, you know what? I want to beef up security at my house. I'm going to remove all the doors, and the windows, mm -hmm. and uh, just let people come on in. I think that'll make it safer. Drafted by Republican leaders, requires. The actual removal of at least 66 miles of border fencing between uh, laborers in Mexico and employers in the U.S. Okay. Uh, it also requires for construction of 27 miles of effective double-layer fencing, fencing along the 2,000-mile border. So the fence, the double-layer fencing that was mandated by Congress in 2005 or 6, whenever that was, um, and they built 5% of that. Uh, now they're going to build uh, a little bit more, 27 more miles Ooh. along a 2,000-mile border. So that doesn't seem adequate to me. Is, I don't know. Is there any way, uh, if let's say you're trying to enter an establishment and it's got a 27-mile fence and there's a 2,000-mile <clears throat> uh, border, mm -hmm. is there a way, and maybe you're the best person for this, Jeffy, mm -hmm. because you've obviously been involved in a lot of illegal activities over the years, is there a way to get around that 27-mile part of the border? Is there something you can do 
um, if you wanted to get through? Like, is there another tactic that would work if you wanted to cross a border that had 27 miles of fence mm -hmm. and it was 2,000 miles long? There's, yes. Okay. Uh, what, would, yes. What, would, what would you... Like, what could you do? You could you do? What are the options? could um, go around. <laughs> oh, wow. I had not thought of that. What? I had not thought you of could that. go around. I had That's not thought preposterous. You on oh, either wow. side. I mean, okay. All right. Really? This wow. is interesting. I, I had not thought of that at all. I hope the wow. illegal immigrants don't think of it. Because I, if they do, right. then they that 27 could. miles will be worthless. They won't. Okay. They won't, yeah, I don't they think, won't think of it. Uh, this is great because it was the 2006 law where it was mandated by Congress. Uh, this was the bill that... And it was designed on the San Diego border uh, for a reason, because the border at San Diego between San Diego and I think it's Tijuana, uh, they built this double fence with the Border Patrol road that goes uh, between it, and it, it decreased crossings by something like 98%. Yeah. And it decreased violent crime by a percentage in the 90s as well. And so it just flat out worked. And so that's what was mandated by law. Well, then along came uh, key, barely Republican as we call her in Texas, Kay Bailey Hutchison. One of her last things that she did that was m meaningful was to take the uh, fence that was required by law to be built, she modified it. And she said, no, no, you just build anything you want there. So they built anything they wanted there, and it's not effective, and it's not working, and now you see the results. Thank you, Kay Bailey. Thank you. So don't miss you in the Senate. Really, yeah, really, really don't miss you. Yeah, Ted Cruz, not actually. Beck. All right, yesterday during the first Senate committee on uh, environment and public works, hmm. Barbara Boxer handed the gavel over. <clears throat> this is a moment that chokes me up because it's such a beautiful moment. Pretty awesome. Handed the gavel to Senator James Inhofe <laughs> of Oklahoma and gave him a couple of gifts. And uh, here, here's a look at it. A little, little awkward, maybe? Yeah. I have to say... Jim, you and I are friends. Of course. And if I was going to hand this gavel over to anyone, I'm very happy that it's you. I'm glad you reminded everyone that I gleefully said when I got that gavel, elections have consequences. Mm -hmm. I was gleeful. Today I'm not so gleeful, but elections have consequences. And so my first gift is a T-shirt here is something for your grandkids um this truck symbolizes the jobs that we will create when we work successfully get three million and six hundred thousand construction workers are still out of work since the recession this is for you for your grandkids and now we get a little more controversial mm -hmm. <laughs> this is a very clean car it um to prius uh -huh. And I, I don't know that it's your favorite model, but uh -huh. as we build our roads, we want to make sure we don't dirty the air. And Jim, I mean it when I say, um, handing this gavel over to you, I'm sad I'm doing it, 
but I'm so happy for you. That's good. Okay. That's good. I know that's uh, actually do generally Yeah, they do. I don't know how it's possible. But, I don't know either. But they do. Uh, and, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. She's hideous. I can't. Let's just face it. She's hideous. She's an ego She didn't look bad there. Maniac. She, she didn't, didn't look bad there at all. She didn't look terrible there, but she um, is terrible. That's the way to handle that if Trust you're her. Me, she's terrible. I mean, when you were so terrible and horrible last time, which mm -hmm. is what she's basically acknowledging, mm -hmm. I was terrible last time, let me try to look a little bit better this time. And she did. Um, and she did. I, I, I mean, it, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of those moments because... I'm not, not either. I, you know, I, like, I, I don't know... I, I don't find any romance in the fact that every, all afterwards they all get together and they have a beer or they go to a steak restaurant and it's they eat together the and laugh together and then I go find back. It disturbing. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Disturbing. <laughs> yes. You uh, look. If you are on the side of right and righteousness, can you go have dinner with Satan afterwards? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And I guess they no, would that's point. An extreme, yes, yes. That's an extreme <laughs> example. <laughs> they might say, but. I'm, if you if you wildly disagree with people on virtually everything, how do you develop a friendship with them? How do you you know the the thing with uh, Orrin Hatch and and Ted Kennedy used to drive me out of my mind. How are you two best friends? Seriously, you are supposedly polar opposites on everything, on lifestyle, on what's right and wrong for the country, on legislation, on where the country should be headed. All of those kinds of things, morally, ethically, everything. It appears, though, Ted might have rubbed off. Uh, sure does. Sure does appear that way. And he did. And he did. And, and so I think that's, that's the point, is that over time, uh, Orrin Hatch rubbed off on Ted Kennedy and not the other way around. I mean, Ted Kennedy yes, rubbed off on Orrin Hatch yeah. and not the other way around. It never around. seems to go the other way. Does no, it, it doesn't, does it? Um, and, you know, look, I, I guess they would obviously say we don't want to look at each other as Satan to, you know, uh, righteous. We, 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 don't, we don't want to think of ourselves. We just work together. We're trying to work for the best of the country. We just happen to disagree. And, look, there are probably people in the, in the Senate and the House that you could have that relationship with. Some people, though, when they're based, I mean, you know, she's calling you a flat earther all the time mm -hmm. and you're basically saying she's perpetrating the biggest hoax ever on man in mankind's history mm -hmm. it's hard to yeah, find when you're polar opposites yeah how does it happen i don't know i don't know like how how do you cozy up to to harry reed after all he's said and done to republicans oh and then gosh. who was it we just found out are good friends with harry reed i i forget who the story was but it was a republican and they they have this great working relationship uh, i believe it was uh, rand paul wasn't it Rand Paul that Thank was you, working? I believe it was Rand Paul. I, I, that was, I, I, that was another strike against no, Rand, Rand said Paul. he was working on he, some kind of legislation. Yeah, he, he, it didn't say they were best friends. It just said that they, they, had, they were working on right. business together yeah. and such. But, it was, it was, but again, like, I don't want anyone working with Harry Reid. Harry Reid is an in incredible liar and a terrible person. A, a person who too. intentionally lies to the public all the time. And I don't mean yeah. like he thinks taxes are, are, you know, he's lying about the effect of taxes. No, I mean, he takes personal shots uh -huh. at people when he knows the truth is the opposite. That is how bad he is. The he, Mitt Romney thing is the a Mitt great Romney example. Mitt Romney thing is a great of example of that, but there's been many yeah. uh, over the years. The guy is just not an honorable man in any way, shape, or form. So to I try agree. to do business with him uh, is downright impossible. You can't mm. trust a word he's saying. <clears throat> yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, that's another level. However, that can, you, you can certainly see people with different viewpoints working together. I mean, like, for example, we are typically, you know, against illegal activity, and we work with Jeffy. I mean, it can happen. I'm just another saying. Another good example. Yeah, it can happen. Um, I mean, I 
I do try to limit my illegal activity outside of this building. So you're not very successful. You do try, but you're not. No, I'm not. Uh, I'm not perfect. So <laughs> what you're saying is you don't try to limit your illegal activity inside the building. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Wait, that was weirdly put. That was weird. Wait, yeah, that was weirdly put. See, this is what happens when you deal <laughs> yeah. with someone yeah. who's the polar opposite. That's right. They you trick you. It. They play you mind can't games. Can't do it. It can't be done. <laughs> Senate agreed that climate change is real. Can't agree on what's causing it. I mean, you knew that was coming. Obviously, they they've got this amendment process now where the Republicans are are trying not to do what the Democrats did to them, and the Democrats did not allow amendments on bills. Republicans have said we're going to we're going to allow your amendments and so they did this amendment. Well, okay, then can we agree that climate change is not a hoax? Shut up would have been my response to him. <laughs> Sit down and shut up. No, shut up. Uh, but they did. They voted on it, ninety-eight to one. They agree it's not a hoax. The only one held out it was Roger Wicker of uh, Mississippi. He voted against. It. Even Jim Inhofe. Right. Uh, voted that it wasn't a hoax because he said climate change, of course, is real. We used to, uh, climate changes all the time. The hoax is who's supposedly doing it. Yeah. We're uh, not. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because I, as I was thinking about it, Wicker might be actually in the right here in that the climate is the I climate. I think so, too. Yeah. Like, it's yes. like, yeah, we always say climate changes. Well, yes, the temperature changes and things that happen uh, as a result of the climate change. But the climate is the climate. It just yeah, I agree with him on that. Uh, and actually, but still, I, the, the, it was funny. It was a funny moment because they kind of outflanked Democrats. Mm -hmm. They came out to try to catch them in this thing. And Republicans were like, all right, fine. Yeah, we all agree it's real. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Yeah. It's, it's kind of fun because then they had another vote that, that was in favor of not man-made global warming, and that was 40, 59 to 41 or something. Yeah. So some Democrats were even on board with that one. So mm -hmm. uh, it turned out okay. Meanwhile, Al Gore, uh, Farrell Williams... And uh, producer Kevin Wall putting together a music event dubbed Live Earth. Road oh, it's coming to back, Paris. huh? Yeah, Live Earth is coming back. After Road the to last Paris. failure. They're going to build support for protecting the climate. I'm very worried about the That's climate. So it's, great. Did you know it's the biggest challenge that we face? The most dangerous. Yes, thing I didn't know that ever. Yes. I just learned that the other night. Some guy was yes. giving a speech, and he was saying it was the worst thing ever. Who was it? Um, I don't know who he was, but he was saying I guess people getting beheaded is not like that big of a deal anymore. No, it's not. It's now that this this one degree. Of it's temperature rise globally. Yeah, uh, that is just much, much worse. Yeah, uh, much, much worse. Islamic extremism. Is, is, That's so almost nothing in comparison. Yeah, I think it's passe. In fact, does it exist? I don't know. I don't think it does. Uh, it's a, it's a religious struggle. Yeah, I That's mean, all it is. <laughs> sure. It's um, uh, the goal is to bring together one billion voices from around the globe, demand demanding climate change. Said Gore. One billion voices. One billion voices. Um, the organizers want to boost political momentum toward a deal on reining in greenhouse gases that the U.N. is seeking to adopt in Paris in December. Uh, we literally are going to have humanity harmonize all at once, according to Pharrell Williams. For, it would be a Pharrell. Pharrell, Pharrell Williams. I know you're That's a huge beautiful. Pharrell fan. He's the guy who does happy, right? He is the guy who does He's happy and many other things. Um, if, Pat, you followed him uh, like the, the Grateful Dead, like on a tour from city to city for what, three I, years? I think it was six. For six you years. You couldn't I remember it was three or six. Yeah, I think it was six. Okay, yeah. So six years. Huge fan. Yeah. Uh, Mitt Romney is another guy you followed around because uh, uh, you're just such a huge fan. Is, yes. Um, he is outlining his possible rationale for a third presidential bid, and he said Wednesday night that political leaders in both parties are failing to address the nation's most pressing problems mm -hmm. poverty 
Okay. Oh, you're, yes. It's, it's a pressing I'm problem. I'm on board with that. Probably not the most pressing mm, problem in, no, in this country. It's not uh, as big an issue uh, as in other nations. And our poverty idea of what poverty is. But one is, person, Stu, is too many. One that's person. True. So if I, one I'm with person you on in that. poverty, it's Education too many. reform. You know, uh, okay, I, yes, look, I I'm think for our reforming education. education. We'll be better. And then, of course, the big one climate change. <laughs> it's from a Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney. Biggest one. It's actually the first one. I read him out of order. It, was pov- it says climate change, poverty, and education reform. Um, Mitt, Mitt, Mitt Romney. This is why we're not on board with Mitt Romney, no. so stop emailing. We're worried about Mitt Romney! This! This is why. No, this Romney. is why we're not big Mitt Romney fan. Now, again, if it comes down to Mitt Romney, Jeb Bush, and uh, I, Mike Huckabee, I'm going Mitt Romney. Yes. If it, come down, if it comes down to Mitt Romney, Hillary Clinton, I'm obviously voting for Mitt Romney. But when there's a chance to get someone much much better i'm gonna go with somebody else yeah and, and not I, Mitt Romney. I, you know i'm i'm torn i'm torn uh between two camps here torn between, between two, two camps, camps here, here. feeling oh, like God. a whore yeah. oh. i don't know uh, loving both of them your camp is making me real sore <laughs> that it would I, yeah um so uh, uh ask jeffy in some of his movies <laughs> Um, so you are the type <laughs> of uh, person who says it comes down to Hillary Clinton, Mitt Romney. I'm voting uh, mm-hmm. Mitt Romney. Uh, mm-hmm. Glenn has at least stated publicly that he is no longer that person. Mm-hmm. He is a person who says it comes down to Hillary Clinton, Mitt Romney. I'm voting for somebody else, a third party, anything else. I'm sick of the same old two choices. I feel it I feel that way like, with Jeb Bush and Hillary. Yeah, and I feel that way with <laughs> Jeb Bush too. I think I feel that way with Mitt Romney too. Oh, you do? I, I think I do. I, I don't know. The more and more he talks. The yes, more but, and more, I'm just like, you know what? Why am I doing this? You know, mm-hmm. I, I, gave, I feel like we, we really did give him the benefit of the doubt last time. And you mm-hmm. know what? I think he, during the campaign, he did some things really well. But since the campaign, he's been so awful. It's done nothing but stick the finger in the face of mm-hmm. every Tea Party member. And mm-hmm. he continues to do it time after time after time. Now he's meeting with Jeb Bush. He's coming out in favor of uh, climate change nonsense. Uh, at this point... I just want to, I, I think he's in that category. There are certain people I just can't vote for. John McCain, I said, was one of them. And then because of Sarah Palin, I want him coming on board. Uh, I, I, this time, I don't care who the hell the vice president is. I don't care if he names Jeffy the vice president of the United States. Well, that I definitely wouldn't Wait vote a minute. for. Him. Wait a minute, you wouldn't vote for me? Would you give us hookups if you got into office? Would you give you us wouldn't vote for me? back channel payback, payoffs and such? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, I'd vote for Jeffy. But outside of that... I'm not going for it this time. So from the guy who told us over and over and over, I'm not running. I'm not interested in running. It's not happening. I'm not running. Yeah. Stop asking me. It's silly. I'm not running. Okay? There's plenty of other, other good guys. It's their turn. My I'm not running. So what does he say to a group of supporters, 3,000 people at an investment management conference in Utah? The major challenges. Oh, why run for office in the first place? Well, Wait, I thought you weren't running. You're not running. You're not interested in running. It's, you've had your time. You're not running. Why run for office in the first place? The major challenges that this country faces are not being dealt with by leaders in Washington. So he's running. My, pe- my people, look, I, I didn't want to run. I said didn't I wasn't going to run. My time has come and gone. But they're but not addressing but climate change, too much, Jeffy. Too many things. They're not doing it. But this, this meeting with Jeff Bush is important because it's the second or third thing we've, we have been reported through aides and close people to him is the reason why he's meeting with Jeff Bush and why he's doing all of these things is he because 
he believes if no one does anything, someone like Ted Cruz is going to be the nominee. Yep. That's how passionate this guy feels against your values if you like Ted Cruz. Mm-hmm. He is planning and plotting to yep. make sure. He doesn't even care if he's president. He just wants someone that isn't like Ted Cruz to be president. You want that to happen? I mean, I, I, this is why I can't vote for this guy again. I mean, I, I'm done with him. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he, he's done enough. And I think you feel, honestly, the same mm-hmm. way about uh, Rand Paul. And that, like, he's mm-hmm. done stuff like the McConnell thing enough to just be like, you know what? I know he has some good parts. The same thing with Mitt Romney. I know he has some good parts. I know he's a, he, he does some things well. But I, I'm done with it. I don't need it again. Yeah. I'm all set. I went this way yeah. once. I, I've been there. I've done that. And I'm done. And quite honestly, after this little rant, I'm getting close to that. With <laughs> Mitt Romney again, too. Yeah. 888 back. More patents, too, coming up. We got the uh, clip about uh, the truth behind the minimum wage. Oh, uh, we talked about this yesterday, right? Yeah, we'll have that for you coming up. Okay. Starts with an E, I think. It's I think it's effing, 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 or so, an effing hatch, or an effing yes, hatch. I think it is. Seems familiar, but I'm not sure. I've heard it. I'm before. not positive. I'll say that, in this room, I've heard it. Before. You have? Yeah, I don't remember from. Yeah, what's well, probably true then? Triple eight seven two seven back. We're gonna get to uh, uh, Stu's minimum wage discussion from Wonderful World of Stu. When did this actually t- tr- take place? Uh, it was a couple of months ago. I don't remember okay. exactly. Uh, we'll we'll get that a whole explanation oh, on that. This is so good. Shut up, Jeffy. Uh, first of all, I want to talk to uh, Julie in San Antonio. Hey, Julie, you're on patents, too. Welcome. thought you would decided to know who Orrin Hatch's new best friend is. Oh, yeah, because his old best friend, we lost him. We lost him. Um, yeah. So who's his new best but her, friend? His, his replacement, mm-hmm. her name is Elizabeth Warren. Oh, my gosh. Oh, He's yeah. cozying up to Elizabeth Warren now? Yeah. Uh, is that true, though? Do we know that? <laughs> It can't um, be true. Please yes, tell it, was me. On the, it was on Yahoo News this morning. Oh, my gosh. That he's the happiest man in Washington because we have a new Kennedy in <laughs> Teddy Kennedy's seat. Well, she kind of is. She kind of is the new liberal lion, isn't she? She's the new liberal lioness. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, also, thanks, Julie. Um, we should I point out. Like uh, that, Pat. Well, you I really do, needed to I hear that. I do like that. Why are, um, are you just trying to get Pat pissed off? <laughs> yes, that? she apparently is. <laughs> I have disliked. I voted against Orrin Hatch. In 1984. You did? I did. Who'd you vote for? I don't remember. It was a third-party guy. Really? Yeah, it was a Constitution person or something. Yeah. Uh, maybe even the Libertarian, because Orrin Hatch was not sticking to principles I believed in then. Wow. And so it's only gotten worse since. And um, what, oh. Julie, what Julie mentions, I appreciate the call. Thanks, Julie, for that reminder, because then we dug this up. And it turns out that he was asked about Elizabeth Warren showing up at one of his receptions that he threw okay. in the Senate. And so he was asked, were you surprised Elizabeth Warren showed up at your reception the other day? He said, no. <laughs> he's, he's asked, why'd she come? Well, we've become friends. I think she would like to have a relationship with me, like Kennedy had. Yeah, I bet. Uh, I like her. I think she's very, a very bright woman. She's certainly playing the media in a beautiful way. Uh, how did you two become friends? Well, 
I think she recognized me as somebody who does do things around here, and we've had some nice chats, and she's open to good ideas. That's all I can ask from anybody. I think she's an attractive person. Do you, Warren? <laughs> he said that? I think she's an attractive person. Huh. Yeah, I don't know where that came from, but uh, he's kind of digging her. He's, uh, you know, he's picking up what she's putting down. She's soft-spoken, she, uh, but she's capable of saying the right left-wing things, and I give her credit for that. Plus, she's incredibly hot. She's soft-spoken. She can lot. say all the right all the right left-wing things. Left things. But you think? Do you think she can tr attract left-wing support and yet still be a compromiser? We'll see. I'm willing to work with her. There are a couple of things we're working on. I can't go into what they are right now, but we'll see. I'd like to see her become the new Kennedy, if she can. Why? If you're a conservative. Why? Would you want to see anybody become the new Kennedy? And what is the new Kennedy? Why? A guy who's around for a million years uh -huh. can pass nonstop uh -huh. liberal proposals uh -huh. with almost no challenge in his home state. Who also That's, committed murder? Oh, this is also Yeah, murder. don't forget about that. Well, I don't think okay. she also that came from a mob family. Oh, oh, right. Sorry, don't forget about well, he's this, she, Elizabeth Warren didn't come from a mob family. She came from an, a Native American. A, a church family. Oh, yeah. well, uh, so amazing. that's something totally right. different. Uh, and I don't know what your issue is with <laughs> Elizabeth Warren. First of all, you doubt her future by saying you'll eat her underwear if she's the nominee. I'll eat my underwear, oh, well, not hers. Probably, well, you could eat her. Well, probably she I probably don't have any be. access to her underwear. Well, I she could send that. it to you. We but might yeah, be able to make that happen. <laughs> that would be, be a different bet. Yeah, it? that's a different okay. bet. Okay. That's a different would you like bet. to make that's that bet? No, I would Jeffy not. would like no. to make that bet, but no, not you, Pat. Um, so you, you, first of all, uh, you, you attack her, mm -hmm. her future yeah, uh, like that. And then you're uh -huh. always harping on her against sensible common sense policies like, like raise sense. in the minimum wage oh, okay yeah because um, you know people are in poverty they're yeah. hurting the only way to get them out of poverty is to raise the minimum that people can pay them that's it yeah amen like if there was the only way to make you achieve more in your life mm -hmm. I, I this is what i tell people that i'm trying to inspire the only way you'll ever achieve more in your life is if I legally make your employer pay you no less than this amount. Well, think about it. If I can make $24 more a day, mm -hmm. I'm set at that point. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> if I'm only making $100 and then all of a sudden I'm making $124? Well, not $24 in a day. Not in a day, but, no, no, you know, you know. Uh, like a week. Maybe. What if I, I make know. 24 more dollars a week? Right. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, we looked at this uh, issue in the wonderful world of stew. Minimum wage raise. Uh, mm -hmm. Is it something that really affects a lot of people? Because we hear from the president mm -hmm. all the time. It affects all of us. Here is a all situation why, uh, where um, mm -hmm. uh, people are trying to raise families on uh, less than $15,000 a year. Poverty level. Try it. Try it. Try it, sucker. He offered you that, that opportunity the other night. Yeah. Try it. Try it. If you think you can, try yeah, it. Try it. So we decided Bastard. to look into how many people actually uh, are Try on it, are Jeffy. Cook, he'd love it because it would triple his salary. It would triple his salary. Yeah, sorry, yeah. He ahead. doesn't deserve so, that I'm much. sorry I got carried away. Uh, uh, how many people are actually on it? And why? So, and it's not a lot, obviously. You'll hear the details mm -hmm. in a second. But if it's not so much, what is the possible reasoning as to why they always harp on the minimum wage? It can't just be they're super nice, can it? You'll find out the reason here coming up. Here's a clip from the wonderful world of Stu. You may not know this, but my world hasn't always been so wonderful. You see, I used to make the minimum wage. <laughs> so terrible. The dreaded minimum wage. The memories, they still hurt me today. The employment, the cash, the unlimited access to fries. 
it still gives me nightmares. Yes, I, Stu, was once employed by McDonald's, and they paid me the federally mandated minimum, the least they could possibly pay me by law. And that is a travesty, and a sham, and a mockery. It's a travesham mockery. Why? Because I almost certainly deserved much, much less. I was pretty much horrible at my job, unless my job was thievery of McNuggets. I eventually was fired for skipping work on two consecutive weeks. One, to play wiffle ball, and two, to go trick-or-treating with two hot girls from my class. Which, by the way, I did get lucky. Tons of candy that night. I mean, neither of the girls would look at me at all, but like, I scored three giant Milky Way bars. Oh, awesome. So, was life on minimum wage really so terrible? If you listen to the media and really either political party, you would think so. No one who works full-time in America should have to live in poverty. Join the fight to raise the minimum wage. You send nonsense like that when you see it on social networks to me, and we get antisocial. This time on the minimum wage debate. Politicians talk about the minimum wage because voters heart the minimum wage. A Gallup poll found that 76% say they would vote for a law to raise it. That's a whopping three-quarters of the population in agreement. That doesn't happen on anything. And I understand why. If you're not making the minimum wage, you feel like it's mean not to raise it. And if McDonald's told my 16-year-old self that they were raising my pay, I would have been psyched. And that's probably how most people who make a minimum wage today would react when they see this plastered all over the White House website. Oh, raise the minimum wage to 1010. Let's take a step back for a second and actually look at who is working for minimum wage. These 100 fries represent the entire workforce in America. How many of them actually make the minimum wage? One. Just one. One percent of the U.S. labor force earns the minimum wage. All these capitalist businesses out there required only to pay their peasant workers minimum wage, and yet only 1% of them actually do it. Doesn't that crush the boogeyman of the evil capitalist right off the bat? Remember, the issue the White House says is so pressing, though, is people working full-time trying to support a household. Well, of that 1%, teenagers make up the largest age group. In fact, most minimum wage workers are under 25. 55% of minimum wage workers are under 25. All right, so... Let's see, around there. Okay. Hmm. So we've established it's mostly kids making minimum wage. I say kids because they're all on mommy and daddy's health insurance. But surely they're at least full-time, like the president says, right? <laughs> Ooh, sorry. Less than one-third work full-time. Only 32% of minimum wage workers work full-time. So we've got this. We're going to take two-thirds of that off. And there you go. This is how progressives fight battles, by the way. They look at an issue this big, and they only tell you about this part of it. But according to the president, these full-time minimum wage earners are living in poverty, and that's why he wants to raise their wage. Yeah, about that. Uh, you see, a full-time minimum wage worker in 2014 makes $3,410 more than the federal poverty limit. So depending on his family size, a full-time minimum wage worker could take as much as 11 weeks of unpaid vacation and still clear the poverty line. 
He might not make the kind of cash that Obama and his friends make. I mean, that's understandable. But someone should tell the president to look at his own numbers before running his mouth. So why is this administration obsessed with raising the wages of a fraction of 1% of the country that's already living above the poverty line? It's really greasy. My hands are like shiny. Can you see that? Here, watch this from the State of the Union. Do what you can to raise your employees' wages. Yeah, Michelle loves that. Yes. Who it's else loves it? Anyone else? Economy, it's good for America. <laughs> it's Union Santa Claus. That's why. Right here. See the smiling face? Yeah. It's uh, AFL-CIO President Richard Trumpka. See how happy he is right now? Doesn't he look happy? Why is he so happy? Labor unions like Trumpka's AFL-CIO universally throw their support behind proposals to hike the minimum wage. But why? Union workers don't make minimum wage. Of course not. Well, why do they do it? Some unions peg their baseline wages to the minimum wage. The United Food and Commercial Workers Union explained that this is a commonplace practice. Quote, Oftentimes, union contracts are triggered to implement wage hikes in the case of minimum wage increases. Such increases are one of the many advantages of being a union member. Yeah. You see what I'm getting at here? Don't you? A hike in the minimum wage isn't just a hike in the minimum wage. It's a hike in the union wage. But the Progressive Union Slush Fund Giveaway Act has a terrible ring to it. So minimum wage it is. Higher minimum wage means higher union wages, higher union dues, more money to spend on Democratic campaigns. You get the little rotation there, right? A higher minimum wage also means more job security for union members. The increase restricts businesses from hiring lower-skilled workers who would gladly accept a lower wage in exchange for experience. And that same principle applies to every workplace when it comes to raising the minimum wage. What does that mean for unemployment? A study called Effects of the Minimum Wage on Employment Dynamics from Texas A&M found that a 10% increase to the minimum wage results in a reduction of approximately one quarter of the net job growth rate. The president is currently pushing not a 10% increase, but a 40% increase in the minimum wage. Progressives have always done this. What was their goal back in the day? Well, of course, unemployment and eugenics. Mm. Yeah, I know. This always gets here, doesn't it? Sidney Webb, English economist and co-founder of the Fabian Society in the early 1900s, believed that establishing a minimum wage above the value of the unemployables, as he called them, would lock them out of the market, thus eliminating them as a class. Of all ways of dealing with the unfortunate parasites, the most ruinous to the community is to allow them to unrestrainedly compete as wage earners. This belief was shared by many in America as well. Around the same time, a Princeton economist said this. It is much better to enact a minimum wage law, even if it deprives these unfortunates of work. Better that the state should support the inefficient wholly and prevent the multiplication of the breed than subsidize incompetence and unthrift, enabling them to bring forth more of their kind. Who was that Princeton economist? Royal Meeker, U.S. Commissioner of Labor, under, <laughs> guess who, yeah, Woodrow Wilson. Glenn's birthday is Monday, by the way. Consider this monologue my birthday present to him. 
By the way, remember in the beginning we showed the poll that uh, said most Americans support an increase in the minimum wage? 75%. It actually is pretty impressive. 75%. It's a really popular policy. Well, what happens when you ask Americans if they like the minimum wage if it causes some employers to lay off some workers? Which, of course, is going to, <laughs> yeah, kind of changes. Only 37% favor it, 56% oppose. Most Americans oppose raising the minimum wage, you know, if you actually tell them some facts. There's disagreement on how many jobs would be lost. But economists generally agree if you raise the minimum wage, some jobs are going to go away. But the American people never hear that. As soon as they do, they completely turn on this horrible policy, one with an ugly past and an incredibly corrupt present. So to review, Americans love the minimum wage unless you tell them the truth about the minimum wage. Minimum wage has a past that could make a pretty decent horror film. And unions want increases in the minimum wage because it means more cash for them and more campaign cash for Democrats. What an adorable circle of corruption. <laughs> All right. Now I'm good. Can I eat these things now? Until you say, God, I can keep eating with no calories. Seven two seven back. All right, we're in. We're about to go into a, a what I what I consider to be a fascinating little uh, subject here, and that's uh, what would happen to today's prices uh, prices as I get my uh, little gear in place here. What would happen uh, in today's to today's prices if colonial taxation were still in effect? Now I'd always heard that uh, colonial taxation was a joke compared to what we compared to what today. we had. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Is yeah. that well, the taxes are much higher today, even with representation, right? Okay. Uh, an issue of Mental Floss magazine apparently would cost two hundred ninety-three dollars and fifty-six cents in taxes. <laughs> wow! Just for the taxes on Mental Floss? Yeah, I what? guess uh, they say that paper was among the most heavily taxed goods under the Stamp Act of 1765. Yeah, that is true. So for a pamphlet or newspaper larger than one whole sheet, the Stamp Act imposed a duty of one shilling per page and two shillings for every advertisement. That means a 35-page wow. issue of a magazine with 10 advertisements would cost $293.56 on top of the newsstand price. What is the newsstand price for mental floss? Maybe nine dollars or something. So that would be yeah. This is it'd be over three hundred dollars. Those issues, I love those deals. It's <laughs> great when you when you come up with a way to like. Well, I don't know. Maybe just every page will tax stuff like that. Always works out for you in the long run. One yeah. of my favorite stories is the one I've told before about uh, the ABA owners. That we, the ABA and the NBA were in competition, and the NBA decided they were going to merge with the ABA and take most of the teams. But two of the teams didn't make the merger, so they had to negotiate with them. One of the teams, they went to their owners, and I think they paid them 2 or $3 million to buy them out so they could go, go home, and that team franchise went away. The other uh, franchise said, you know what, don't give us the millions of dollars. Just give us like one-tenth of one percent of future broadcast rights of the NBA. At the time, it was like the 70s, right? Uh, there's no mm -hmm. value at all in that. It was like basically nothing. It got to the point where it was, you know, we're talking, these deals are billion-dollar deals now, and these he, they've made hundreds of millions of dollars off of this this stupid franchise that was going nowhere anyway. So awesome. Um, awesome. They finally bought awesome. them out last year. 
Oh. Uh, which uh, which was pretty amazing. And w it was sizable, too, right? Uh, the settlement oh, yeah. was big. It was hundreds of millions of dollars. At yeah. Least. I don't, I... Uh, it's 200 million, maybe? Yeah, something like that. Something like that? And they, they, I remember talking about it. It's ama It was an amazing story. Yeah, it is. Uh, and another one, uh, quickly, was uh, Tesla. Glenn loves to talk about uh, Nikolai Tes Tesla, who did mm -hmm. a... Uh, um, He's a guy that you know came up with the electricity that you use in competition with Thomas Edison. He's he was basically responsible for inventing the radio. Yeah. You know, a he brilliant also inventor. married his pigeon. And he eventually married so his pigeon. I won't go there. I wasn't necessarily going to tell that part of the story. <laughs> Although this part is actually more insane, which was he was signed on to come up with a power plant mm -hmm. um, for which was basically the first hydroelectric plant uh, at Niagara Falls, and he signed a contract with Westinghouse. To uh, it gave him a you know bunch of money, but it wasn't a lot up front. Mm -hmm. It instead it was something like it supplied two dollars and fifty cents uh, per watt in perpetuity. So at the time, okay, they'd prefer you know it'd be a hundred watts a day, and he, you know or whatever. And he was a pretty wealthy guy even at the time, um, although even though he died broke next to his pigeon. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but but they, they were in love. That's it, all they needed. Yeah. They, they, they had the love. Right, exactly. You know what did. I mean? Today, however, that same deal would be worth trillions, trillions of dollars. He ripped up the contract. Yeah, he, I was going to say, he, yeah. he, to, he gave away his, yeah. all his rights to that. Yep, he ripped up the contract. Didn't because, want to work for uh, well, Westinghouse well, I think at that point, the company was about to go under, so he actually ripped up the contract to save the company. Yeah. Uh, was, because if they had to pay him these royalties, they wouldn't be able to keep the company afloat. He, he ripped it up and, and then wound up getting screwed later on. And then again, he got screwed by everybody. Yeah. Westinghouse, though, didn't try to screw him. Westinghouse no. seemed to be a pretty decent guy yeah. uh, to Tesla. It was... You know, it was Edison who was. He, so I will nasty. say, he also screwed others, though. Like he, Tesla? he signed. No, yeah, Tesla. He like he signed on to do. He came up with this idea mm -hmm. for a broadcast tower, a single broadcast tower that could broadcast uh, radio to everywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. And I think it was J. I want to say it was J. P. Morgan. It was one of those those names that feel like it's on a bank. I can't remember which one it was. I feel like it was J. P. Morgan though. And he might have been. He built this. Uh, he invested at like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars into this tower so he could do this. And Tesla's building it, and at the time, Marconi's like advancing in radio, uh, you know, in, in, in the mm -hmm. transmission of radio across the oceans and stuff. And you know, uh, Tesla's kind of going going along, and it's not really working out too well. And and, and J.P. Morgan or whoever it was keeps going back to him and saying, "Hey, like, what, what's the deal here? Why aren't you finishing this?" And he's like, "I'm really close." Well, he wasn't really close because he took the money and then started building something completely different, which was he had the idea that he could transmit power across the globe with one tower. So, like, mm. someone in Africa could have electricity because of this one tower uh, in the United States. I think it, I can't, I think it was in the United States. Um, so he essentially lied to his investors and tried to build something he wasn't supposed to build and so. screwed them out of their entire investment and then went broke and married his pigeon. I think you covered that part. Yeah. So was, I, I will say it was a hot pigeon. I mean, let's be honest she, about it. It was a sexy pigeon. It's really sexy. I mean, let's be honest. Do we have why, a picture of the pigeon? Why do you, why do you, do you see the to... pigeon? We can't. I guess we don't have. No, well, okay. There. No, that's not the pigeon. No, but I was just, it was it, way sexier you than that. You can't put a species on love. <laughs> you can't, put a, you can't you. put a species on love. Thank you. Can't put you. A species on love. No. Though? You've always said age, but now you're saying species. Yeah. You, I mean, it's love. Right. That's right. Yeah. It's I, a great it, point. It's it a great was, point he makes. Yeah. The ABA right? story is fantastic. I know we're we're out of Tesla, but it's fantastic. Oh, you had the updates. I was. First of all, they made the deal, and then they were to get. Uh, a seventh of the television revenue 
forever. forever. A seventh. So you're talking fourteen percent for an which was nothing. The they were laughed at yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, they were. And then it ended up being like three hundred million a year. Yeah. And and not that long <laughs> down the road either. Not that far and down the road. And then they fought. I mean, the NBA really took off shortly right. thereafter. Yeah. And then they ended up getting more because a judge ruled that they should get the broadband and the international yeah. right. Right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I butchered the story, but what it's, did it's that one turn out to be worth? So, Does it say? So now, now it looks like they've ended the deal uh, yeah, they just did. last year. year. Yeah, that's I mean, what we said. Four, got like $500 million. If you were listening. $500 million million. to finish it off? Yeah. Holy cow. It's like that's one of those stories that's actually that's better awesome. when you know the facts. You know, sometimes like I'm like remembering it off the top of my head. It's actually better that's hearing fantastic. the real numbers. There's only $300 million more, though, than we said. That's fantastic. <laughs> so just, just a, a few dollars. A few dollars. You know, like I, would you even notice a difference? Million. Would you notice No, it? you wouldn't notice. You wouldn't notice. Again, the thing that's amazing about this is the thing they were getting rid of had almost no value. I right. mean, it, they were bought out of this league. I think it was a, the Lexington team was bought out for like two or three, maybe four million dollars or something. So the other team in the exact same situation got four. They were getting mm -hmm. 300 million a year. Jeez. It's one of my favorite stories. It's really crazy. Yeah. Uh, but back to the taxation of the of the colonial times. Well, we got through one of them. All right, we got through one. And that was the uh, the issue of Mental Floss magazine, which is where this story comes from. Uh, number two, the diploma today would cost you $234.84 in taxes. Almost $300 seems like a, for a magazine seems like a bargain, considering colonial, colonialists, colonists, had to pay the equivalent of two thirty four eighty four for a single sheet of diploma paper under the Stamp Act. Stamp Act sucked, and that's one of the things that really it happened in seventeen sixty five, and and that's uh, I think it was seventeen sixty five, and that's one of the things that really kicked it into high high gear. That was really one of the things. Yeah, I mean that's when I think of uh, of the revolution, that's the main thing I think of. That yeah, started. the Stamp Act. Um, and was the reasoning behind the Stamp Act because it was so much so much focus on paper they and wanted, printing. They wanted to yeah. stop maybe the dissemination of information that could eventually yeah. lead to a revolution. Yeah, uh, of course that didn't, didn't quite work out. work out for them. Paradise fifty eight dollars in taxes. That's amazing. Uh, not not a paradise, but a pair. A pair of dice. Of dice. Yes. See, fifty-eight dollars uh, is a bargain for paradise. Yes. Uh, however, it's, it's not. It's a pair of dice. Now, if you skip around a little bit on some of these, like a pound of tea, a dollar forty-six, because under the Townsend Act, uh, duty of three pence, just three pence, was added to every pound of tea mm -hmm. sold in the colony. Now, we, uh, part of the deal was tea was so expensive, and that's why they threw the tea into the uh, into the Boston Harbor. But a dollar forty-six for a pound that didn't seem like a lot to, uh, to me right now. Um, foreign coffee, three hundred fifty dollars. Okay, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, almost everything from overseas they had high tariffs on. Yeah. Uh, foreign white sugar, one hundred twenty-nine dollars in taxes. Mm -hmm. uh, wine from Spain or Portugal was another fifty-eight dollars in taxes, um, and then wine from Madeira. According to the Sugar Act, every ton of wine of the growth of Madeira, uh, Madeira mm -hmm. or any other island or place whence such wine may be lawfully imported, $821 in taxes. <laughs> Although that's for, that is for uh, a ton of wine. So that's maybe not. I mean, that's, you know, obviously for Jeffy, he goes through that in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. It might seem excessive, but for the average person, not that much. Here's the thing, though. Cheaper to buy the tax on the Internet was zero at the time huh. for the colonies. And the tax on uh, gasoline and jet fuel, zero. zero. Oh my gosh! So it was a lot. It was cheaper. a low tax environment. A lot cheaper they make to drive and to fly then. Yeah. In fact, a gallon of gas, you didn't have to pay for it. 
You didn't have to pay for it. <laughs> what? Well, they made up for it in some of the bargains they got elsewhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? So it all evens out. We've got a couple more minutes what left. What show? This one? Yeah. Uh, welcome to Pat and Stu. Thank you. A couple more minutes left. And when we do only have a couple more minutes left at the end of a program, we like what to we fill like it to with do Jeffy Dancing. fill it with Jeffy Dancing. So uh, like your Jeffy Dancing interlude today is brought to you by My Patriot Supply. Jeffy. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get to Jeffy mm. Dancing. Yes. Yeah. Why haven't we talked a little bit about the uh, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu uh, kerfuffle going on in Washington, D.C.? Well, we could talk about that. We could talk about that. We could. Or the other <laughs> option would be... You dance. You dance. I can't. Go ahead. How about this? You get to tell your little Netanyahu story, and then you do a little dancing. How about this? Course. You tell the Netanyahu story while you dance. That's, that's fair. That's a compromise. All right. Two sides coming together. Go. That was beautiful. I, that, you know what that was? That was like an Orrin Hatch, Ted Kennedy compromise. <laughs> it was. That was. That was, that was beautiful. Was that compromise. was a beautiful moment. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Everybody gets screwed. It's a, it's a, it's a wonderful compromise. <laughs> you have to dance. We have to watch you dance. Everybody gets the bad side of it. Go ahead. Go! <laughs> you can actually, you know, I can, it's like I pretend I'm at a bar. Uh-huh. All right. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right. So. You, you don't want to play any you know, reindeer uh, games. I, what do you mean? We're at, we're at a bar. I'm just tell, telling you about uh, Netanyahu, you know. Boop, 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 John Boehner. No, this is not working <laughs> for John. me. It's not working. No? All right, so not seriously outline the timeline of this Netanyahu thing, because it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, he invited Benjamin Netanyahu to speak in front of Congress. The, the co so the, Boehner did? Just John Boehner. Okay. And then they asked the White House, and Ernst said, well, that breaks kind of protocol. It's usually supposed to be head of state to head of state. Mm -hmm. Then Benjamin Netanyahu said, oh, yeah, John, I'm coming. No problem. I'll be there. I'm happy to speak. Uh, then our president said, man, we can't meet with them because uh, when asked because it's too close to the election in Israel. It's too close. It's like a couple weeks away, and we normally try to stay mm -hmm. away from talking to other heads of state when they're close to an election. Well, they don't want to get involved in regime change, just like, you know, every other country in the Middle East. Uh, you know what? They're so conscientious about minding their own business mm -hmm. in this administration. Oh, we, my gosh. We don't want to get involved in anybody else's stuff. No. And so that's a great, that's a great move. And uh, so what's the fallout from all this, Chuffy? If you'd like to fill us in. The fallout then, the, the upshot. What should we take from it all? What should we take from it all? Go ahead and I need another beer. boil it right on down. <laughs> Peter's not drinking a Coke Zero, I'll tell you that much. No. <laughs> no way. It ain't happening. All right. Uh, tomorrow we're going to tell you about uh, uh, George Lucas and what he's, uh, what he's up to. He is great. Also, the 13 people who are not here to make friends. I don't know what that is, but we'll do it. I don't either. Tomorrow. I'll I'll do it. It's interesting. So we'll do that tomorrow. Toodles. Um, and we've got to go over George Lucas's career again. Because, frankly, <laughs> I love this. We do this segment like once a month. Yeah. I love it every it's time. It's not a good one. It's not a good one. We'll show you again tomorrow. Hey, I'm George Lucas.